This is Nona Gets from Entrone. You're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. So before we get into this one, I was just listening to a Canadian band. Where are you on the, the Cancer Bats? You ever listen to them? Uh, they're from Vancouver, are they not? I know, somewhere up north. Great Canadian band. I've heard of them. I'm pretty sure they're from Vancouver. Let me just check. Sort of, sort of punky, sort of... Uh, they never got the... Uh, oh, no, they're from Toronto. They never got, the, I think, the recognition they deserve, because, I mean, they play a lot of festivals and stuff, and they do well overseas, but I saw them here, like, last year or the year before, and there were literally three people on a Tuesday night. Wow. And they put on the same show, and they were amazing, but it was, like, me and three other people. That sucks. Where was that at? Just a little place in town in Richmond here called Strange Matter. I mean, it's probably, like, not a huge place, like maybe 250, 300, but three. And I know it was a Tuesday night, it was freezing cold, but still, that's sad representation. And I can't imagine they made even enough gas money to get to the next place. Oh, probably not, no. I wonder who they're with. What label They used to be on Metal Blade. I don't know where they are now. Yeah, it doesn't say here. But, um... Yeah, yeah no, you should check them out if you're not they played, they played a lot in Vancouver. That's for sure. Yeah. They won, a lot, of the, of, uh, they won a lot of Juno Awards. Yeah, which, one of the good exports from the Great White North. Hey. Hey, yeah, they were nominated <laughs> for New Group of the Year, Rock Album of the Year, Metal Hard Rock Album of the Year. Yeah, they've been nominated for Juno's a lot, which is like the Canadian Grammy. Yeah. Yeah, I dig them a lot. Check them out when you get a chance. I will. That's awesome. Anyway, so we're about to head down a, uh, a dark path here with Enthroned. Have you listened to any of this? Uh, I have a little bit when we were supposed to do it, but not since. Yeah. It wasn't really Night, my thing, but... It, it's very dark. We're going all over the map on this podcast, so... <laughs> here, <laughs> is Silent Redemption a good song? Uh, yeah, but I was just listening to the new record. I don't know. I don't even know if it's out yet. Let me see what the... I got it as a... Uh, an advance. Oh, I see. It's called Cold Black Sun Suns with an S, sorry. And it is heavy as shit. Cold Black Suns? Yeah. Oh, yeah, let me just heavy and old and even like, you know, super dark. Yeah, and they were they've been around since like what, 93? Yeah, so I was reading this is uh, record 11 on Seasons of Mist, so they've done quite a bit. A lot of touring, I think. And I could be wrong. I think they were on one of the boats. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they were on in 2015. So when did I go? What Last year was 18? Last year was 19. So I was not there in 15. I didn't see them. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to head down the uh, dark, twisty path and speak with Nona Guest, uh, vocalist from the Belgium black metal band Enthroned. Hey, nice to meet you, man. This is my buddy Chris, partner. How you Chris, doing? Hello. Ah, okay, okay. Recovering a bit from the weekend. Got Rough quite weekend. Intense. Yeah, we had a release show for the new album. Oh, and, nice. Uh, we quite a big celebration and lasted two days, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Was it there in Belgium? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Throne Fest, so... Uh, we had uh, other guests there, like Watain, Satyricon, uh, nice. Shining, you know, like quite a, quite a few good friends and bands. So yeah. 
Are you guys doing a lot of the uh, the festival circuit this year? Uh, not so much. The album just came out a few days ago. So, um, most of the festivals will be for next year and uh, as well for tw to 2021. So, this year it's quite calm. Um, we more we focus more on the tour and uh, that's coming up uh, end of the year, beginning of next year, and uh, booking some new dates, etc. That's gotcha. quite a lot of work. Yeah. So what? So what do you do between now and then to stay fresh? I mean, you guys rehearse a lot, or how does that work? Yeah, well, we rehearse uh, twice a week when we have uh, the concert coming up. Else, uh, we work on each other, you know, in our corner, just before we just meet up at the rehearsal place, you know. Okay. So I know that you've been at this for a long time. Um, do you do anything special now to prepare for the road? Because we're all getting a bit older and... Touring definitely takes its toll on you, right? You really have to remind me that. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Listen, I'm in the same boat as you, though, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, try to stay fit, you know, doing some a bit of gym, watch out a bit what we eat. Uh, it fails miserably when we are doing gigs, you know, with the beer, the whiskey, and all that stuff, but <laughs> right. in between... In between, we do what we can. <laughs> like, uh, right. to stay fresh, you know. I personally go a lot for walking walks in nature, uh, and really be careful with what I put in my body. So yeah, for me, my weakness is pizza and beer. So maybe not the whiskey, but it's hard to stay away from the pizza and the beer. Good Guinness or something nice and dark. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a whiskey guy, you know. So yeah, but. And Belgian beers, of course, but yeah, except from that, water all the way and fruit juice, but mostly whiskey. When I have to drink a bit more, you know, festive. What kind of whiskey are you drinking? Uh, Sint and Drews, uh, or yeah, when you are at the concert or Jack Daniels or Jim Beam. Cool. But, uh, I want to appreciate it at home, mostly Sint and Drews or Lock Lockman's, Lock Lockman, pure scotch. Yeah. My son has gotten into Glen Fittich. Is that something you guys yeah, get over there? Yeah, it's not bad. I got a bottle of 25 years old. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't know the difference between that and Jim Beam. My taste buds are not that sophisticated. No, so. I, Shame on you. I don't, Shame on I don't understand scotch either. I always tell people if I wanted to drink gasoline, I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but then again, I drink American light beer. So what kind of pussy am I? <laughs> I feel sorry for you, man. <laughs> I, I do too. So, so uh, tell us about the record. I mean, now that it's out and you put all your heart and soul into it, how do you feel about it? And are you satisfied with the outcome? Uh, yeah, the responses have been quite tremendous. Um, we expected actually uh, more critics because the album is uh, quite different uh, from what we used to do. Uh, right. Well, we still recognize the enthroned touch here and there and on the overall thing, but uh, it's quite a different album. So we expected a lot of critics. It's uh, not an easy album, uh, not easy listening album, sorry. But honestly, I'm quite uh, astonished uh, by the, the reactions, the reviews, and uh, especially at the, the release show here. We So it was the first time two days ago that we were performing the new, the new songs, the new set and everything. 
And um, the amount of people came to us after the show and told us like they were crazy about the album and the new songs are amazing. So it was a good surprise. I didn't expect people to tell us it was a shitty album, of course. Right. I hope not. But, <laughs> you know, most people are like coming like, a wow, and it's really astonishing, to be honest. So, and uh, personally, I'm, I'm really satisfied. We are, everybody in the band is really satisfied with the album. Uh, it was um, our baby that we were nurturing for five years. Wow. Uh, so, uh, it, of course, we, we took a risk um, doing exploring on other corners of our creativity creativity but that's what we wanted to do and i think that's a principle and having that kind of reaction uh it's even more satisfying that's amazing. oh yeah absolutely so when i was listening to it uh, prepping for this thing um you know you start with that intro there but that first song comes out of the box and it's so damn heavy like so bathory-esque kind of thing is that what you were sort of going for like to just knock it right out of the box you're talking about the intro of you sir no, right after it, that uh, I'm trying to think about oh, that first song. Yeah, Osana. battery? Are you serious? Because that's kind of way faster than battery, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't have, we didn't have the battery in mind one bit when we composed that song. Not at all. We just, you know, went for it, and uh, that's what came out. Like uh, it, it just knocks it right out of the box. You're like, holy shit, we're here and we've got a statement. <laughs> well. Yeah, we're here. We're back. <laughs> we come here to nail it. You know? I don't know, but uh, we had we when we are in the composition process, so we we attempted to um, stay away from any external influences. We just want to write something, have ideas around the riff, um, and that's it. We don't. We're not the kind of uh, musician that sit down like, oh, let's do something like, oh, like that band or like that artist. No. Right. So we just um, we should put something on that. What what do you see? What do you hear? What well, when you hear that riff? Oh, some, and I, I would say that. And then we, as the drummer, like what do you would you put on that? I would put that. And then you see that's how it goes. And then it's just a pure enthroned record. Yeah, I guess we do what comes out of our guts, and uh, that's it. As long as and, um, as long as we are satisfied with the end result. I think right. that's all what happens. Nice. So how was the recording process for the record? Well, that was a bit more complicated than usual. Um, we, we, did, uh, we recorded all the instruments in uh, Portugal. Uh, our, friend, our drummer had a friend there who just had a, uh, his, uh, quite a small studio. Yeah. But he had a, quite an interesting approach to record guitars. So we were there, hmm, let's try that. Like a mix of analog and digital. So a mix of the actual modern techniques like uh, most bands used and the same technique as you would have had in the 80s. So it was like, hmm, so why not? So you're saying you're using amp modelers and amps at the same time? Exactly. Oh, wow. We're, wow. Using, we're using the Kemper profiler or Axe Effects? Yeah, exactly, Kemper. Exactly, Kemper. Exactly that. Plus... Uh, analog recording looks like on the old tapes like in the 80s the same exactly wow. the same we did a mix of the two to get a specific si uh, sound on the guitars and the bass guitar and uh, work around with our own touch this and that you know not yeah. gonna unveil all the secrets of the recording either oh yeah no <laughs> no that's cool but, um, 
I'm a recording engineer, so I'm always that curious. That was something different. That was definitely something different. Uh, all the pre-production was done at our drummer's place, and uh, I recorded the vocals in uh, uh, Blackout Studio in Brussels, Belgium. Okay. <laughs> and uh, part of the mix was done in Brussels. The rest and the rest of the mix and the mastering was done um, at Oregon Studio in the UK. They did uh, Ghost, uh, Primordial, uh, Paradise Lost, uh, Grave Miasma, and that kind of band. So. It was a kind of a we, we traveled a lot for that <laughs> for that record. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting process of recording. Uh, we saw a lot of different places, and it was a good thing to clear your mind in between sessions. Oh, that I makes bet. Sense. Yeah. So when you were writing the record, were you guys all together in the same room, or were you using more modern technology? Uh, well, a mix of both again. <laughs> Once more, like um, I did a vocal separately. That's a fact. That that's, um, yeah, I couldn't uh, record my vocals in Brussels and the guys being in Portugal. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. Well, the drums was recorded separately. The guitars together. The vocals separately. You know. And then the mix. Um, <clears throat> it was a bit of a mix of both. We wanted to uh, explore both worlds and uh, put everything in one piece. So. Nice. That's nice. kind of a different approach, I guess. Okay, and just so you know, um, I'm kind of new to metal, so doing this podcast for me is really about discovering new bands that I haven't heard of before. And oh, it, wait a minute, excuse me to interrupt, but uh, that you're not into metal. No, I am. Are you new to it? So but, that's why you drink Bud Light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. It, it's I, Miller I Light. You just give me the Sing. whip. You know? No, go for it. I encourage that the rest of the interview. Hit him. <laughs> Trust me, I drank that boat dry. Um, I see in 2015. So what got me into metal was going on uh, the first seventy thousand tons of metal cruise. All right. Yeah, and I see that you guys were on that cruise on a year that I was on, but I don't remember if you were. Did you actually play on that cruise? Yeah, uh, yeah, twice. Twice. Which years? Yeah, uh, but you were probably at the bar during some light. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I see you're on in 2015. What stage did you play? Um. <clears throat> well. We did uh, one show, and um, I don't know, I don't remember the names of the stage, but uh, yeah. it was uh, like the, the second smallest the, one. Like the theater? Like, you know, the hockey and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, the second one was in the big one, indoor. Oh, in the theater. On the way back. Yeah, yeah. probably. It's uh, like a, th a theater or something. Um, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. So that was one was like a hockey thing uh, yeah. normally uh, with a bar and the other one like a theater. I don't know. So I was not familiar really with uh, the names of the, the venues. <laughs> just told us you were there. Yeah, they just so. come get you and off you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. How, how was your experience on the boat? Well, for a European black metal band, that's kind of unreal, like surreal for, to me, especially if uh, somebody would have told me 95 you're gonna play in the in Jamaica in the Caribbean. Okay, all right, <laughs> on a cruise. All right. Yeah. While you play, some dudes are gonna be in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what kind of drugs are you on? And actually, that's what happened. So that was kind of surreal. But um, 
all in all, it was a good experience, interesting experience. I wouldn't mind to redo it, to be honest. Oh. Uh, so we'll see that for the night of 2021, as uh, most of the bands for next year's editions are already booked. So we'll see. But that was uh, definitely a very interesting uh, experience. Yeah. How did you get involved with 70,000 Tons of Metal? Did Andy reach out to you or your booking agent? Yeah, they, uh, they contacted our booking agency and, uh, well, the rest is history. So we, yeah. we just flew there and uh, played. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that that festival changed my life. I will never forget in 2011 the first time I went on it. No one had ever done anything like that in North America, and like honestly, I didn't even know anything about metal at all. And mm-hmm. I just went um, because uh, Andy is a friend of mine, so I was like, "Oh, I'll go support him and and see what it's like." And um, my God, I I don't know if I've ever drank that much in my life. <laughs> 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 and it's been the same every other time I go. <laughs> yep. Yeah, sometimes you have to be careful. Yeah. Especially on that boat. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Yes. It, it's easy to spend a lot of money on that boat, man. Holy crap. Oh yeah. Now the casino is a dangerous place. Yeah. It definitely is. <laughs> so, so um out of all the festivals that you've played, so I assume you guys have played Vakin or how do you say it? Vakin or Wacken? Uh Wacken. Wacken. Yeah. And um, we actually didn't play there. Um, there was an issue between the organi- organizers and our previous management. So I hope now we can fix that. Um, so they had personal issues regarding Enthroned. Like uh, they asked to book the band and the manager. They had something wrong, let's say. Uh, that the management wanted more money or something like that for themselves yeah. without yeah. without the band knowing about it. So we were quite pissed and uh, we just uh, decided to change management uh, <laughs> after yeah, that. I bet. Yeah, I imagine so, so. Yeah. So we hope in the future that kind of thing um, will be solved because um, hopefully there were no other experiences like that one that occurred. So, yeah, we did uh, most of the other festivals, though. So. Yeah, like for me, living in, I'm, I'm originally from the west coast of Canada, but I now live in, in Virginia and in D.C., in the D.C. area. I look at the European metal festival circuit, and it's something I've always wanted to go do ever since I've gotten into metal. Just It's such a, such, like the metal fans, there's such a camaraderie between them. Yeah, uh, but... Uh- for example, Wacken is not what it used to be, to, in my own opinion. It's um, it's an okay festival probably nowadays. I haven't been there for the last for the past fifteen years probably because it's absolutely not what it used to be. If, if you want a really really good big metal fest in uh, Europe, go to Hellfest for example. The, the Hellfest is a it's wow. I heard or, Hellfest is amazing. That's the one. That's the one, and uh, or Partisan, that kind of festival. Those ones are just awesome. I hope one day to make it over there and do that. That's on my bucket list for sure. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's an experience, definitely. So I've got one for you. Um, traditionally, black metal or traditional black metal is mostly like a Eastern European thing, or. Kind of over there. What are your thoughts now, especially with like the movie with Lords of Chaos, about it being brought more into the forefront and becoming more, I dare say, popular? I know that's good for your sales, but what are your thoughts about the the movement in general? Does that make sense? Absolutely not. 
to me, it goes against everything black metal stands stands for. Well, <laughs> let's say right. stood for. Uh, yeah, it brings black metal in a light that is not reality. Let's say it's not how it is. Uh, when you know what really happened in Norway in those days, that story that the that that movie covers, right? Um, it's um, yeah, it's a really has um, rearranged to make it more appealing to the public and makes people look like idiots or like uh, teenagers who are looking for their kind, their own kind of identity. Which is well, that that you have a lot nowadays in black metal, sure. But in those days, it was absolutely not like that, right? So it gives a wrong image, let's say, um, because it's becoming more accepted. And I, I don't want to say mainstream, but I mean, there are definitely more people walking around with, you know, more black metal shirts than in the past, and so it's like sort of coming out of the shadows. And I don't necessarily know if that's good or bad, as far as a purist like yourself. Well, it's um, it has a bit of, of both worlds. It's a uh, really positive when it comes to promotion and sales, if you want right. to say it that way, to play better venues, or better conditions, or what, whatever you want to call it. You know, but it's pretty negative uh, on a on a point that it gives really a wrong image of what it is. People will imagine that the black metal is another musical current. Uh, where people dress like Kiss or something like that, which is absolutely not the case. Right. Uh, black metal is a serious, serious thing. It was always a movement apart with a, let's say, dare I say, religious uh, message behind it, which is uh, extremely serious and can engender violence in some cases because most of the people behind, who stood behind um, that message are not people you fuck with. <laughs> right, <laughs> and um, we're not talking about getting a slap in your face, if you see what I mean. Right. So it brings everything in the wrong in in the wrong perspective. But promotion-wise, for bands and uh, etc., for accessibility for fans to access records and uh, merchandise and everything. Okay, there we agree that it's a good thing. Is it hard to reconcile the two because they're very different? You know, you need to make money to continue and you want to play the better venues, but it kind of goes against what the the whole genre is about. Is it hard to kind of reconcile those two or no? Yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's a bit like being in a relationship. You have to make compromises. So, but... At least we don't have to sell the corpse of those people we massacred because they were <laughs> annoying us anymore. So <laughs> we can go right. in legal business now. No, but seriously, right. it's um, it's really hard to um, to make it work with both worlds. But we have to make concessions, maybe from one side to the other. The more underground uh, aspect of the black metal scene, like the more accessible one. So it's yeah, it's a really complex. Uh, thing to deal with especially this movement so outside of black metal what are you listening to what would i find top three songs on your ipod or cell phone or whatever you got going on oh man you asked the wrong person i'm a really eclectic guy that's what we want everything so um i mean there's two kind of music the one i like the one i don't like the rest you know Bring it on. I listen to a lot of uh, world music, traditional music from Egypt or from uh, India. 
nice. or things like that. But uh, as well, some some more some CCR, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Sisters of Mercy, uh, you know, okay. um, Wardruna. Uh, I don't know. I listen to from the moment I like something, I like something. You right. know, that's awesome. That's depend, depending on my mood, sometimes like when I right. if I wake up and I'm still. A bit hangover, though, like a, a bit, uh, you know, like a bit fuzzy in the morning. I would put an album of Pain, that side project from uh, that guy from Hypocrisy, for Peter yeah. Tickton, which is more electronic and everything. That would give me a boost in the morning. That's it. I don't know. You know. I know. A bit of a I know thing. when. I know when Chris, uh, you know, he's getting ready for the podcast. He's drinking Miller Light and listening to Britney Spears. So hey, I guess whatever you're into. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, uh, there's a band I can recommend you. Chris, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, baby metal, maybe for you. To oh, start with your first <laughs> come on! <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take him long to find the weak link in this conversation, Chris. Yeah, the weak link is me. <laughs> <laughs> I should have never admitted to drinking light beer. <laughs> that you can bring your, your baby metal record while your partner is here. You can listen to the new funeral mist and Mardi albums. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anything uh, else, Chris? No, I'm good. I really enjoyed this. It was it was really informative for me. Okay, that's good. You are the man. I appreciate you taking the time. Good luck with the record, and hopefully, we'll catch you uh, some on tour somewhere. Okay, thank you very much. Take care. You well. Thank All you. Right, cheers. Bye. Bye. What a nice guy. I think he was a great guy that's quite informative and the record is heavy as hell. I, I really found it interesting the way he talked about black metal, you know, where he was just like, we need to make money doing this, but it, it it's kind of, it feels a bit immoral. Kind of, I, I, that's kind of what I picked up from him. Yeah. So I'm not the black metal enthusiast that a lot of people are, but I know what I've read and seen and, you know, talked to people like him and they always have that conflict because I think, I'm not the expert, so just quotation marks. Black metal is supposed to be in the underground. Yeah, like when we it, talked, it to never you. was. Yeah, it never was supposed to make it out of the basement. It was kind of a thing, and now that it's you know they're on seventy thousand tons in Jamaica playing to all these people that never heard black metal. There's a conflict there. Yeah, it it, it must be kind of strange, but you know you want to make money doing what you love. Right. I mean, it's your art. You want to make some cash doing it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, no. I mean, if you have your ch choice to play guitar or... Be a plumber. Yeah, what are you going to do? Right. So, but still, you know, you have that moral... Because artists, I tend, I find artists tend to have a lot, like, stricter, like a more strict moral code in terms of what they're willing to sacrifice in right. terms of what they want. And I assume when they started this, they were all pretty young. And, you know, it's like, how are we going to do this and they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna be just like this black metal band we don't want to do anything else so i, I imagine it was it's a it's morally kind of a, a difficult thing to to do yeah i agree but all in all i think that was a great interview and i love that we're all over the map with this podcast i mean we're speaking to all kinds of people oh it's amazing yeah and um who was that band that we interviewed the other black metal band oculum day yeah from north carolina yeah, yeah. Who was that guy? What was his name again? Josh. 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 Yeah, yeah. And he was saying the same thing that he was. He was just like, you know, it's supposed to be kind of underground and, you know, just for you and your friends and nothing more. And, and uh, 
But at the same time, you still need gear and amps and recording money and whatever. So you've got to make something. Yeah, touring money. Yeah. So I don't know. If, I don't know if that's like a deal with the devil or how that works out. How you make the. I mean, black metal. It could be a deal with the devil. I guess. Right. Who knows? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> The only thing, one but, thing I didn't really understand what he was talking about was the roots of, like, you guys were talking about some black metal film. Yeah, so Lords of Chaos, if you have not seen it, yeah, go look it up. It, I saw it in the theaters a couple months ago. It's probably out on somewhere. It's supposedly a, like, a rockumentary, so it's actors about the, are you familiar with the Norwegian early black metal where there were some murders, there were some church burnings, reports of cannibalism. I oh, you need to look at that. You know what? Also, so look at that movie, and there's another black metal movie you can find on YouTube called Before the Light Takes Us. It's a whole different culture and thing, dude. And so Lords of Chaos was supposedly a rockumentary about the scene, and um, it's got mixed reviews. Like, the people who know or who lived it say it's nothing like it was and then others say you know, whatever so i don't know how to it's a great movie and i think it maybe does damage to the genre because it brings everything to the light oh yeah but i met a I met a guy on the boat who was uh, a photographer for one of the european metal magazines and we got into a conversation on the beach in haiti it was me denise my wife and him sitting in on like a blanket drinking umbrella drinks and he was one of the guys that was like in the scene at this record store world which was the epicenter of that movie and yeah. i mean he was telling me horrific stories of you know what really went on wow check out those movies yeah i know when uh when your wife's away or traveling yeah yeah pop one of those movies in because it's uh it's eye-opening for sure and it's a whole when he said you know these are the guys you don't want to fuck with he wasn't kidding i mean some of these guys are super violent oh wow yeah, it's odd. Yeah. But it all started like in Norway and the Eastern European countries there in cold, dark countries. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I didn't know that about black metal before. I just thought, you know, he didn't yeah. He didn't seem that way. He seemed like a totally normal dude. No, and neither did Josh. And, you know, we've yeah. talked to, like I said, I know many people like that, but I think it's more of an ideology than a music style, if that actually means anything. Yeah, yeah. It does. And again, again, I'm like the uneducated. I like it just to listen to it. I have nothing to do with ideologies at all. If it sounds good to me, I'm putting it on, and that's that. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, I know we said uh, – we also said we want to tell people how to subscribe. So yeah. go to the – follow the link at the bottom of the screen in the upper right-hand corner. Hit the subscribe button. We've got some contests coming up. I encourage you to send us some emails. Talk to us. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us that we're a bunch of assholes. Tell us whatever you want to tell us. And don't make fun of me for drinking light beer. <laughs> drinking light beer. And I think there was a Britney Spears reference. Hey, in hey, 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 <laughs> hey. And baby metal. He had what a great sense of humor that guy had. <laughs> I was like, yes, he's right in there. <laughs> baby metal. All right, cool, man. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, again, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a message. Share this everywhere. Let's make this crap go viral. All right. The Helping Friendly Podcast explores the music and fan experience of fish through interviews and deep dives on shows and tours. For more than 10 years, we've created insightful and fun discussions about our favorite band, and with the help of our guests and thematic series, we're still discovering new angles of appreciation for fish. 
And when the band is on tour, we provide a review of every show the following day. As one of our listeners said, any fish fans that enjoy meandering conversations and incredible insight on new and old fish shows, this is for you. Highly recommend. It's not just about the band and the shows. It's about the journey getting there. Throughout 2024, we're going to be running down the top 25 fish tours of all time, and that'll be interspersed with show reviews and regular episodes. Join us and check out the Helping Friendly Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.